Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. Chris Lambert, the entrepreneurial and vision founder, visionary founder of the successful growth-oriented nonprofit Life Remodeled, is now a published author. And he's joining us here to talk all about his new book that serves as a guide to nonprofit growth and success. Chris, thanks for joining us. Vanessa, thank you for the work you do. And it is a pleasure to be here today. So let's talk about what inspired you to to pen this book. Well, um, Life Remodeled is an organization I founded back in 2010. And um, Life Remodeled was recently recognized by Cranes Detroit as one of the best managed nonprofits in the entire region. And there's over 21,000 nonprofits. And over the last few years, we've mobilized over $43 million into Detroit neighborhoods, beautified uh, a number of thousands of blocks in Detroit and renovated four schools and achieved just substantial impact. So much so that the number one question I get asked over and over again is how in the world did Life Remodeled accomplish so much in a short period of time? And the short answer to that question is we've implemented a series of essential principles that are often found in the business world that a lot of nonprofits aren't operating. And so I realized what these principles did, did not only for our organization, and that inspired me to share that with the world and other nonprofits, both locally and globally, that were, are going to significantly increase their impact and help them build better teams. So let's take a step back to Chris of what inspired you to even start Life Remodeled. How did, tell us a little bit about that journey to launching this nonprofit. I, I always love to begin with why. And, okay. and the reason why Life Remodeled exists is because we are absolutely convinced Detroiters have all the talent they need, but many do not have access to all the opportunities they deserve. And that's what gets me out of the bed six days a week to do the work that I do. I love what I do. I do what I love. Uh, it's a great joy and honor and privilege. So because of that reality that I just painted, what we do in response to that reality is we repurpose large vacant school buildings into what we call one-stop hubs of opportunity for entire families to thrive. We fill these iconic buildings with the best and brightest nonprofits who are making significant impact in three areas. And those three areas are youth programs, jobs, and health and human services. And then we get these organizations into one building in a neighborhood. We help them collaborate to make far greater impact together than they would ever make alone. Wow. So what are some of the things from your experience, Chris, in, in terms of penning this new book, mistakes you have seen other nonprofits make uh, over the years that you have either learned from your own mistakes or avoided yourself? Um, well, let me talk about the model itself. Okay. So there's four essential components to this model. And the first uh, essential component is team unity. The second is compelling vision. The third is right strategy. And the fourth is discipline execution. And imagine that this is almost like a flywheel. If you think about a flywheel on a car, every time that flywheel turns over, the, the, the car goes faster and faster. Every time an organization turns over this flywheel, these four essential components 
their organization goes to the next level and the next level after that. And so you notice the first thing I said was team unity, because there's a principle that is, uh, it applies in every situation, everywhere in the world, who is always greater than how. If you get the right who's in the right seats in an organization and they become a, a team of one, a united team, they will always come up with the best house. And in the nonprofit world, I think there's a lot of struggles probably now today more than ever of attracting and retaining the top talent. One of the reasons that's a challenge in the nonprofit world is because a lot of the most talented individuals want to go into the for-profit industry and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nothing wrong with that. But we have maybe a little bit more limited talent pool in the nonprofit sector. And so it's so critical that we know how to attract what we what we call reindeer because we don't look for unicorns. Unicorns don't exist. <laughs> Yeah. All right. But reindeer are almost just as magical. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know reindeer were real until I was a teenager. I thought that they were mythical creatures because of, you know, Rudolph and his. And sure, his sure. From Santa Claus. Yep. Yeah. But we look mm -hmm. for reindeer. Well, it's not enough just to attract them. We need to retain them and develop them into not only the highest capacity they can be at as individuals, but into a united team. Yeah. And so when we create the compelling vision and the right strategy in our organization, we boil it down to two pages. One of the biggest mistakes I see in strategic planning in the nonprofit world is these two extremes. All right. Extreme number one is a nonprofit doesn't have a strategic plan. They haven't gone through a significant process to create a plan. Extreme number two is a nonprofit hired a consultant. They went through an elaborate process. They came up with a beautiful 20 page plus strategic plan that is doing an amazing job sitting on a shelf collecting dust. Yeah. And it's useless because no one in the organization actually knows what's in it, or maybe a couple people know, but not everyone knows. And so it's incredibly important to create a two page strategic plan where page one answers the question, where are we going? Page two answers the question, how are we going to get there? By distilling it down to those essentials, and, and by the way, this, this process starts with where are you going to be in 10 years, three years, one year, 90 days. You break it down to granular steps. Then everyone in the organization begins to get excited about where you're going, and they know exactly how they're going to get there, and they know what their role is. And then that last piece is discipline execution. And it, this, this book is just a series of tools that give you um, exactly what you need to know to keep yourselves accountable, to have metric-driven goals that you're achieving regularly. And all of this, when these um, elements are put together, they get to a place where people actually are having the time of their lives yeah. because they're getting more done than they've ever gotten done. And they're doing it in a way that they're truly enjoying where they're at. Do you, do you see yourself moving along the lines of being a consultant and helping nonprofits is using this book as a tool? So when you look at the the, the, the why of life or model and the what and the how, and, and I just mentioned why we exist, I mentioned what we do, and I mentioned how we do it. At the center of how we operate is we're all about finding the best and brightest nonprofits, moving them into these buildings and helping them collaborate to make far greater impact. Well, that's why we created Next Level Nonprofit. Yeah. Because the more we can help these nonprofits produce 
greater outcomes, greater impact, build better teams. Our mission collectively drives down the field. And we said, well, let's not just make it available to the local nonprofits that are in our opportunity hubs. Let's make it available all over the country and really all over the world. And that's what this book has done. And so the answer to your question is, yes, we will be coaching eventually hundreds of organizations, both locally and nationally, because the organizations our nonprofits serve deserve the highest level of excellence we can possibly give them. And we've been there, done that. We've, we, we, Life Remodeled has been at, at the beginning of that stage where we were failing miserably um, to where we are today. And we know how to take organizations from where they are to where they want to be. I want to go back to Chris to your four pillars. I, you started with team unity. And I think that it, as a coach myself who does leadership and team building coaching, it is essential because I've seen the breakdown in organizations. I do corp, a lot of co coaching and co corporate America and the breakdown is the lack of teams. You, mm -hmm. You're so right about that. The, the breakdown in communication and br breakdown in teams go to the other three. Again, you said team unity. What were the other three again? Number two is right strategy. I'm sorry. Number two is compelling vision. Number three is right strategy. And number four is discipline execution. And so when you think about that team unity piece, the team in our model is creating the two page strategic plan. Yeah. The page one of the strategic plan is the compelling vision. Page two of the strategic plan is the right strategy. When the team is creating that in a way where they're truly being vulnerable, authentic, they're, they're rumbling well throughout this process, they're, they're embracing conflict, um, they're being affirming of one another as well, they're going to create a plan that is truly comprehensive and representative of the people that they serve and what their organization is best at. And then they're going to own that plan. And because they came up with it together and they have arrived at this is it, they're going to execute it. Yeah. And then they're going to then they're going to build an even better team. And this is a cyclical positive cycle that just, just just plays off of itself. And the organization is not only going to the next level today or tomorrow, but but every year after that. We're talking with Chris Lambert is the CEO of Life Remodeled. Uh, he's an author of the, his latest book, his new book that we're talking about here on Intercommunity, serves as a guide to nonprofit growth and success, next level nonprofit now available. Chris, where can we get the book? It is available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. So if you've got a Kindle Unlimited membership, it's free. Oh. Uh, right now it's 99 cents on ebook. It's only $11.99 in paperback. And then the audiobook will be available sometime in August. I'm just waiting for Amazon to approve that. So Chris, let's talk about your vision. When you talk about vision as far to, as far as your your pillars, your four pillars, are you where you plan to be when you first set out your plan for Life Remodeled? I mean, did you reach that vision? Did when you... I first set out the plan for Life Remodeled, my vision was much smaller than what it is today. Okay. And, you know, Life Remodeled, what we used to do is we used to build houses in six days and give them to low-income families for free. And then we would take the family through a variety of other holistic opportunities. And we also invested in the surrounding community. Well, eventually that morphed into us renovating existing high schools in Detroit. So you listeners may be aware that 
In 2014, we renovated Cody High School. In 2015, Osborne High School. In 2016, Denby High School. And then in 2017, our strategy changed drastically when we started renovating vacant school buildings. And the reason we embraced that new strategy is because we realized we could have far more impact with that model than anything we'd done in our entire history combined. And one of the pieces of data I want to share with you right now, Vanessa, that this okay. is the first time I've shared this on, on air because oh, <laughs> it, it was just revealed at the Mackinac Policy Conference two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a, a presentation done by Gallup. All right. Gallup uh -huh. Research. Gallup is, is doing this research all over the country in large urban cities. Mm -hmm. And they just recently completed this study in Detroit. I didn't even know they were doing the study. And I didn't even know the results until the day that they announced them. And I was just so thrilled by what they announced. And so they, they surveyed 12,000 Detroit residents around their perception of their ability to thrive in their neighborhood because of access to opportunities. And there were six pillars that the questions were based around. They asked residents, based on the neighborhood you live in, do you believe you have the ability to thrive in, in these areas? And, and one area was economic mobility. Another area was access to job training. Another was access to educational attainment. Another was health care. Another was justice, which meant their relationship with the police department. And then the sixth criteria was community cohesion and collaboration among community members. Well, when Gallup was putting that data up on the screen, it was very revealing. And then they said, here are the top three neighborhoods in Detroit that have the highest perception of their ability to thrive because of where they live. And I bet you can guess what neighborhood was number two. Uh, the, the Durfee neighborhood, which is uh, where the Durfee Innovation Society is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, we started the Durfee Innovation Society in 2017. And if Gallup would have done that poll at that point, my hunch is they would have been right toward the, 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 the bottom of the list. Wow. And, you know, the, the credit first and foremost goes to the community leaders in the Durfee community who have been putting in sweat equity, passion and work for decades. Life for Models role was, is to assist them in bringing more opportunities to the community. That's what we've done. And so uh, you can tell that our vision has grown significantly over the years, but what I'm more excited about is our execution of that vision. I, I don't believe in setting aspirational goals that we'll never hit. Like, I, I gotta be honest with you, I can't stand it when a nonprofit says, oh yeah, our vision is uh, that no one in the world goes hungry by the year 2030. That's that's a ludicrous statement if you don't have an actual plan yeah. to achieve that. Yeah. And so I don't believe in vision statements that are aspirational. But on the other hand, I believe in very, very ambitious statements that are realistic. And, and, and an example would be this. In 1961, former President Kennedy said that before the decade's over, we're going to put a, a man on the moon. He should have said a person or people, right? Should have been uh, gender uh, inclusive. But he said, we're going to put a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. When that statement was made, it was kind of ludicrous because at that time, the math 
didn't even exist to know how to get a person safe to, to get the ship safely to earth we didn't we didn't have the map and we didn't even have the technology but what we did was we put a very ambitious plan in place that was achievable that was realistic and we worked backwards from that statement and and we achieved it right before 1970 we we actually did it in 1969 and we were the first ones in the world to do it yeah. and so that's the kind of vision planning or strategic planning that I'm passionate about is let's set a, a, an incredibly important goal 10 years from now that we're actually going to do what it takes to achieve. Yeah. And come up with a plan and execute it. I mean, your point to your pillars is uh, your point earlier, spending all that money for a consultant to create a strategic plan and it sits on a shelf and people don't even know it exists. I mean, that's tragic. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why we keep doing it, Yeah, but it keeps happening. And, 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 and look, this is not a knock on any consultant whatsoever, but some, sometimes in some cases, consultants are happy to take the money and, and they don't care if, if the plan is actually implemented, but we as nonprofits, we do care. All of yeah. us care. And, yeah. and that, this is why we're in this work, right? Every nonprofit, every individual, every leader is a person with a gigantic heart who loves a certain group of people that they are very, very focused on. And so sometimes though, we lead with such big hearts that we don't engage our head in, in working on the organization and we're just reacting. We're yeah, reacting that's a good point. The, the tyranny of the fierce urgency of now. And so this process is all about working on the organization rather than just working in the organization. That's a great observation. We're talking with Chris Lambert, CEO of Life Remodeled, author of the latest book available on Amazon right now. It is a guide to nonprofit growth and success, next level nonprofit now available. Uh, Chris, walk us through, you know, your new model of doing business today with Life Remodeled is renovating vacant school buildings. Can you kind of just give us an overview of what exactly that entails? Like, sure. how do you how do you remodel a vacant school building for proper use for a nonprofit? Well, it starts with finding the right building in, in the right scenario. And, and for us, what that looks like is we really wouldn't have an interest in any building that's under 75,000 square feet. And the reason that is, is not that the model can't be done in smaller buildings, because it can, but we're really interested in having game-changing impact in the community. And so if the building is smaller than 75 to 100,000 square feet, we can't mobilize enough organizations in that building to really move the needle in the community. So it starts with finding the right building, but more important than that building is the community. Does the community want this type of project? And what opportunities specifically do they want? And so once we identify a building, we go into the community and we ask them, one, what do you think of the Durfee Innovation Society? And would you like something like this in your community? I've never met a community resident who, who didn't want something like the Durfee Innovation Society. The second question is we ask them, what kinds of increased opportunities do you want to see more of in your community? And in every neighborhood that we've engaged in, we constantly hear these three things over and over again, more than anything else. People are consistently saying, we want more access to better youth programs. We want more job training, more job opportunity, workforce development initiatives. 
And then the third piece is we want more access to better health care, health and wellness, or what many people would call community resources. And so once all of those stars align, and then we commit and say, all right, we're going to purchase this building, we're going to repurpose it, we then put together uh, the capital stack by raising the philanthropic dollars to renovate these buildings, because these buildings are not appealing on the on the market, right? A school building doesn't really have many uses other than it becoming a school building or potentially housing, but 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 in a in a distressed neighborhood, housing is not going to be the right solution for most of these school buildings because it would it, it, it would have to be more gentrified, expensive housing because yeah. the cost to renovate renovate these school buildings is actually quite excessive. Yeah. And so our model works because of public-private partnership because we engage philanthropists uh -huh. to actually pay for the the renovations to this building and then what we do to keep it sustainable is we charge nonprofits they become our tenants we charge them costs so what it costs us to operate this building is what they pay and that's one of the biggest reasons our building right now Durfee's 100% occupied because you can't find real estate at cost that, yeah. that doesn't exist <laughs> right true. And it just doesn't doesn't exist. And I'm not advocating that other landlords should be doing this. I'm just saying that's what our model is because that allows us to be very selective about who can be a tenant. We actually say no to every nonprofit that wants just cool administrative space to work in. This is not the place for that. We say, look, go to Tech Town, go to Bamboo, go, go, go to a number, go to WeWork, right? Those are all amazing locations. We only want you in this space if you're going to bring direct services to the surrounding community. And then, so that means I spend a lot of my time and our organization spends a lot of time always looking for the best and brightest nonprofits that are moving the needle in those three areas and trying to convince them to move into our spaces. We're talking with Chris Lambert, CEO of Life Remodeled, author of his new book that's available on Amazon, Next Level Nonprofit, now available. Uh, Chris, we have a few minutes left with you here on It's Your Community. Anything that I didn't ask you that you really want to point you want to get across to our listeners today? Um, I think you did a great job, by the way. You know, <laughs> I would love to share uh, one or two of our tools. I've yeah. already shared the, the two-page strategic plan, but... Um, uh, uh, we have a tool called the culture and capacity assessment, because if, if any listeners today are asking themselves, how do I know if I have the right person in the right seat in my organization? We've created a tool that's very simple. It's data driven. It, it, it takes out the emotional um, uh, assessment part of it, which is also important. And it really makes it very clear. Do we have the right person in the right seat? And this becomes a tool that our, our team members are using every day. And first and foremost, it's a tool that helps you learn where people are doing well in your organization so that we can affirm them, so that we can say, you're, you're, you're crushing it, well done. And we brag about our team members in public, in private, uh, constantly. But it's also a tool that helps you discern where is someone not being accountable? Mm -hmm. And where do we need to step in and coach that individual? And if they are coachable, um, then we help them grow. And if they simply don't want to be coachable in this area, then it's time to move them off the bus. It's time to yeah. move them to a diff, some, to another place, not here. And so 
the tool consists of two areas. The first area is culture alignment. The second area is capacity. That's why it's called the culture and capacity assessment. By the way, anyone can find this on our website right now at nlncoaching.org. That stands wow. for Next Level Nonprofit, nlncoaching.org. And the culture alignment is about your core values. And so, you know, there were years when there was a, it was a fad to create core values and organizations slapped these core values on their website, which is really one of the dumbest things that you can do because core values aren't about attracting um, donors or, or, or clients. Core values are the minimum standards of your characteristics of your team members. And so defining your culture defines who do we hire, who do we fire, what are the essential characteristics of what it means to be a team member in this organization? And Brene Brown says that in her experience, only 10% of organizations who have core values are actually operationalizing them. And so I believe a culture fit for an individual in a company or, or nonprofit is the most essential area of alignment. And so it starts with defining your core values, which is a whole process. And then it, it, you look at each of your team members and you say, are they green, yellow, or red? Green means most of the time they exhibit this characteristic. Yellow means some of the time, red means usually not. The only acceptable standard is green. So anytime anyone dips below green, that's when your coach, what, what is traditionally called a manager, your coach has a conversation with you within 24 hours to help you identify where you're not green and do you want to get to green? If, if so, here's an action plan. Let's let's work it. Let's make it together. And if not, it's it's time to move you somewhere else. And, and again, if a person's not the right culture fit, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means they don't they don't believe your culture in your organization. So yeah, yeah. they're not going to be happy here. So it's time to move them on. The second piece is capacity fit. This is where we're asking three questions. Does this person fully understand what the job requires? Because sometimes we didn't do a good job as employers explaining the job description to someone, or sometimes job roles change and we didn't catch that person up to speed and, and mutually agree upon, you know, what the role requires. So it starts yeah. with, do they understand? The second is, are they passionately committed to do everything their job requires? And the third piece is, do they have the abilities to do everything their job requires? The time capacity, the the um, the capacity of mental capacity, emotional capacity, and so on and so forth, physical capacity if required. And that assessment tool helps us take a very clear look at, do we have the right people in the right seats? And I found that it's been game-changing for every team that I've coached and everyone that we're working with. Chris Lambert, great advice. Uh, having been in communications for 25 years and coaching myself, you are right on target, I could tell you. I could see you doing workshops all across the country. Uh, using your book as a tool. Uh, congratulations on it. Give us your website again and how to get that book again. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Your perspective means a whole lot because of your experience and you are excellent at what you do. You're, you're a reindeer, you're a rock star, you're an A player. Thanks. So that, that means a lot. Our, our website is nlncoaching.org. The book is available on Amazon via paperback, via uh, Kindle, and it will be available on audiobook by August of this year. That's and great. We also, we coach organizations. It's it's called our one-year coaching program. It's seven full days over an entire year. 
the average costs in the for-profit world for what we're providing is fifty-five dollars to $85,000 a year. We do it for only $15,000 a year right now. We're, we're going to increase that to $20,000 next year. And we're currently coaching six nonprofits who are growing exponentially as we speak. I'm actually coaching one of them today. I, I just took a break to do this interview with you because you <laughs> well, are so thanks special. thanks for the break. <laughs> you are so important. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. Well, as a fellow coach, I have to say you're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your insight, Chris, and your success story. It's so wonderful. I love success stories. I'm a big proponent in sharing those. Chris Lambert, entrepreneur and visionary founder of the successful growth-oriented nonprofit Life Remodeled right here on Nature Community. His latest book is out. Go get it. Next Level Nonprofit now available on Amazon. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. If you have any questions or comments or show topics, you can get to me, Vanessa Denha. Go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching or find me on any of the social media platforms, Vanessa Denha Garmo. Connect, communicate, collaborate with your community. Catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.